Welcome back, business owners. My name is Mick Cullen, and you're listening to the Redcliffe Marketing Show. Today, we're going to be talking about copywriting, and we'll explain that in a moment. And on the call with me is James Bryan from jamesbryanmarketing.com. So, James, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Mick. Yourself? Excellent, dude. So, thanks very much for yeah coming along today. So, let's, let's go straight into that very first question then, because it's one that trips people up. And again, look, when I first came across this, I did exactly the same thing, is what is copywriting? Copywriting is basically salesmanship in print. So instead of, you know, going face to face and trying to sell someone and, you know, be persuasive and, you know, highlight all the benefits of your product over, say, your competitors, it's uh, doing it through words instead of through the written word instead of speaking. So, um, yeah, basically, yeah, that, that's what it comes down to is trying to, you know, move someone to take action by the words that you write. And we'll come back to leverage for that sort of thing pretty shortly too, but let's get that other obvious issue out of the road then. Can copywriters help you with uh, trademarks and legal issues uh, along what people think of as, as copyright? Yeah, not this copywriter. That's, um, that's something I get asked every time when someone asks me what I do and I tell them I'm a copywriter. They uh, think that I've, it's got something to do with all the legal issues. But, um, yeah, it's got nothing to do with the little C you see at the bottom of, you know, websites or, you know, copyright issues. It's purely just, um, you know, comes back to marketing and sales and helps you in, improve your conversions basically. Yeah, so copywriters, you know, professional writers with the aim of sales is kind of like the, the approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When someone's engaging a copywriter, are they looking for certain qualifications, degrees, courses? How does that side of things copywriting work? Well, you know, as with as with a salesman, I suppose if you if you had a business and you're looking for a quality salesman, a lot of it comes down to results. So the main thing you want to look for when you're hiring a copywriter is someone who's got some runs on the board who you know, has done a lot of, got a lot of examples of previous work they can show you and someone who can, you know, explain to you before you hire them exactly what they do. So the main thing when it comes to copywriting is really getting to know the target market, the people you're speaking to and finding out what their buying motives are, what their desires are and then connecting your marketing message to those desires. And so it's Quite often, it's like an on-the-job type of training, just experience base, isn't it? It's no, not so you're looking for a, a particular course they've done or a lot like a tradesman where they've got a license. Uh, well, copy. yeah, it, it, there's no formal qualifications for a copywriter, but um, you know, you want someone who's done a lot of in-depth study. So there's a lot of uh, great courses out there, and you send, you know copywriting weekends and seminars that um you know good copywriters are constantly updating their knowledge and you know staying on top of the new changes you know with online copywriting techniques that are working today versus things that worked last year and you want someone who's you know on top of their game i suppose and is it a given then that any if you grab a, an online copywriter that they're also a professional graphic designers they build websites or a website designer and they're search engine optimization professionals no, no. Copywriters, there's specialist copywriters, are specialist copywriters. The thing with once if to be a good copywriter, but it really just gels in with good marketing. So it all comes together with, you know, your sales funnel and developing that message so it's a, a smooth transition from say if you're working online, you want the copy in say your Google AdWords ad to really 
gel in with the copy on your landing page, which then gels into the copy on your calls to action and different things like that. So it's all all based around marketing. But um, yeah, your copywriter is generally not a web designer or a graphic designer or anything like that. Yeah, that's great. And that's what I was trying to pull out. Basically, you know, some people think that they'll expect you know this whole jack of all trades, whereas each of these things is kind of like their own own specialty. Yeah. Definitely, and and same with you know, a web designer is not going to be able to write quality copy for you because it's a completely different field. They're learning how to make things look good, whereas the the copywriter is really targeting that message to connect with your market. Yeah, right at the front, you talked about salesmanship in print. Um, can you expand on that? And I guess what's the business case for a, a business owner to go out and hire a copywriter? Um, why you know what are they paying for, and, and what benefit are they trying to to get over what they've already got? Well, if you're doing any kind of marketing or advertising, then then you're obviously spending money. You know, a lot of people get bogged down on design and logos and business name when they're doing the advertising. But really, what you need to focus on is your customers and their buying motives. So when they say salesmanship in print, it's basically crafting a good sales presentation that follows a certain set of steps from capturing attention you know, building up a, a list of benefits that you can provide the, the business owner, building up credibility and things like that and right through to where you ask for the sale and have a strong call to action that um, makes people take action now. The challenge there is when you're talking face-to-face with someone, you can sort of judge their reaction and know where to take that sort of sales conversation. When you're doing it in print and writing, you've got to kind of cover all bases. Yeah, well, that comes back to your research. So generally in if I'm taking on a project, I'd say 70 to 80% of my time will be spent on research in the target market. So that's done by, you know, obviously you get a complete brief off, off the client and then you go, there's a lot of online places you might research, forums, uh, Amazon book reviews, get into uh, chat groups and stuff like that and you start to find all them objections and, and those points where people are started where you start to lose people in the sale um, and that's when you you take that into your copy and you answer them objections up front and you know once you once you do create a, a piece of powerful copy that's converting then it's it just runs on autopilot it's not like you have a salesman where you're paying him a, a weekly wage or commissions it's um it's something that you've got for life i suppose Okay, so let's we'll come back to that one, and I love the Amazon review uh, as far as target market research too. Yeah, uh, James, how did you get to where you are now? So you're basically a freelance copywriter uh, providing services. How, what was the journey to to get to where you could do that? Well, it's quite an interesting journey when I when I tell people they they're like, "Geez, you've come from a different place." But um, I actually started out as a a carpenter. My my dad was a carpenter and. Um, went straight from school into the building industry. Uh, worked in there for you know four to five years, and never really, never really struck a chord with me. I was always pretty keen to get off the job site. And so, while as soon as I left school, I always had um you know online small businesses. So I did sold eBay, sold um organic pro like uh, chia seeds and stuff on eBay. I also had websites doing uh, stock market reviews as well because I was heavily involved in the stock market for years. But with all them businesses, I kind of found that I was never really, never really getting to where I wanted to 
be, you know, I'd, I'd start them and I'd, I'd go all right. It was making a bit of money here and there, but it never really could take it to that next level. And um, so I thought, you know, there's got to be something behind it all. <laughs> and uh, I started, I stumbled across uh, copywriting just through my brother, actually. He he put me onto a copywriting course by Brett McFall and it completely blew my mind. I'd never even heard of copywriting before and just started looking into it because obviously with my eBay business, I was, you know, writing descriptions of the products I was selling and I was just winging it basically, just, you know, doing what everyone else was doing and following the crowd and there was no way I was differentiating myself. So when I heard about copywriting and started looking into how powerful it can be and how much it can, you know, improve your conversions and your sales and your profits, I just went into it full ball pretty much. So. Um, while I still had my job uh, in the construction industry, I downloaded you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of seminars and copywriting courses or audio, and I'd listen to them you know seven eight hours a day sometimes, just um, studying away. And then I'd get home and and apply what I learned. Um, after a while, I got got a bit of confidence and did a few little practice jobs for friends here and there for their businesses, and then. Put my skills on Elance. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of your clients would have heard of them. And um, yeah, got my first job for thirty dollars writing writing a sales letter for an architect. <laughs> so it was it was yeah, kind of just his about page, and he was turning that into an email he'd send out to his clients. And you know, I got raving feedback because I suppose all the hours I'd put in when I actually went out to to the real world, I had just you know so much so much knowledge and had learnt the fundamentals over and over again through all these seminars. And um, yeah, got rave reviews and from there just started getting referrals basically. I think I did two more jobs on Elance and after my third one just had about three three more referral clients and it kind of ballooned and so I thought I'll start up my own website and start doing my own marketing and yeah, now three years later here I am. Excellent, yeah, and look, that referral thing means you, you know, you're doing a good job. And the whole copywriting side, I just love the psychology behind it. The fact that, you know, you're really sort of just meshing so many of those different fields together. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Exactly, it's psychology is such a big part of it. You need to, you need to know what's going on in your in your prospect's mind when your material reaches them. So whether it's direct mail or it's a website or email, you know, if people have certain certain criteria they want to meet. Well, they want you to meet for the products or the services that you're trying to sell. You know, every, you know, when you go to buy anything, say it's a pair of shoes or a house, even there's certain things that you're looking for that it must have before you're willing to make a decision. And through copywriting, you need to really pinpoint those those features and those benefits right up there and grab their attention. Can we, James? Can we jump into some of the like individual uh, little tools? Then I guess the copywriters would use. Um, so let's. Do you want, I don't know. When you're talking about target market, do you use the word avatar, or how do you describe that sort of that customer um, you, ha- you have in your mind as you're sitting down and writing something? Yeah, I suppose just target. You know, the target market for that particular client. So who is your ideal prospect? Who who is the person that you want to do business with? Because everyone's got clients that that are awesome to deal with. They you know spend lots of money with you. They're always happy. They they love what you do. Then you've got them clients that are you know, kind of headaches and <laughs> always complaining and always, you know, trying to get you to lower your prices and stuff like that. So so try we build a, a profile of who is that ideal client, the people that you want to deal with more in your business and then 
then go out and really try to dig down into what they're looking for when it comes to your services and products. So, you know, what's their, what are their buying motives, what features specifically they're looking for, and then, yeah, you match your, your message to what they're looking for. So do you end up with like a, a cheat sheet? I don't know if you do it as a like an A4 page that business owners can sit there and have on their wall and uh, you know normally talk about the you know what keeps them up at night, uh, what yeah. are their fears and frustrations. Do you end, end up with a like a bit of a, a written diagram of of that person? And yeah. is that something you refer back to? Well, that, like you, as you said, that those those things that keep them up at night, the, the things that just the, the everyone's looking for a solution, I suppose, to a problem or you know something that's going to get them to where you know, to a desired outcome. So all the steps, you know, along that process of fulfilling their desires or solving that problem, they're the main things that I'll use for crafting a headline or, you know, building, you know, whether it's a Google AdWords or whether it's an email subject line, you really want that that first first headline, subject line to be able to go boom. That's, you want your, pretty much you want your, prospect to go this is exactly what I'm looking for this this guy's talking to me I want to read a bit more find out more about his services all right so once you've got a, a pretty good idea of of that person that you're writing to that picture uh, what's the next big thing is it having a, a USP or what's the um, what's the next sort of stage in the copywriting well it all as I, as I mentioned the first I'll spend a lot of time on headlines so after you've done the research you've got a list of benefits because it's all you know, I don't know if you, you got can you features. About, can, yeah, can, exactly. Can you talk about features first, first benefits? Yeah, so yeah, everything's got features, So you know, and but you need to turn them features into benefits. So just for example, say, you know, a chair has four legs. That's a feature. The benefit of it, instead of it having two legs, is it's you're not going to fall over. So that's a very simple kind of example. But, you know, you need to... It's a, basically a benefit is what the person gets out of it. How do you improve their lives? Like how does your product and service, you know, improve their lives, solve their problem, help them get to a goal that they're after? And that's basically so I'll come up with a list of features for, through the research of the product and the service and then as we go along, each of them features will be turned into a benefit. So. You know, you, you'll still mention the features and, and things like that, but what really connects with people and what really gets people, you know, emotionally engaged in your sales message are the benefits, you know, helping them see how buying this product will improve their lives, the value of it to them. Okay, so we've got headlines. Um, got any quick tips on, on headlines? What, what makes a good headline versus a bad headline? Uh, be bold. Don't, you know, there's so, every, so many websites come in, welcome to business XYZ or things like that, you need to stand out and you need to tell, speak exactly to the people that you're trying to attract. So, you know, how-to headlines might be good if you're just trying to capture an e- email or some contact information where, you, you know, how to do a certain thing that people in your market really want to learn. There's, there's a whole, you know, we could spend a, <laughs> a whole week talking about how to do headlines, I suppose, but... um. Yeah, you just need to capture attention. Don't be don't be timid and um, don't be scared of turning people off. You only want to really attract the people who 
have want to buy from you. So if your message gets shown to 100 people and 80 of them think it's you know silly and stupid, what are they talking about? But then there's 20 of them, you've nailed it and you've really found out what they're looking for. That's all you, you're worried about. So I think that's a big thing when it comes to headlines. Don't, don't worry too much about what the people who aren't going to buy think. And what's the – if we talk about the, the job the headline does – it's to get someone to then keep reading down. So it's like to, to basically grab their attention and then to keep them going further. Yeah, exactly. So it's there to capture attention. So if you send a, a sales letter and it's in amongst a whole bunch of other you know letters or people, because as you heard the old the Gary Halbert story where people open their mail over the trash or they open their email with their finger near the trash button. So Unless your subject lines and your headlines really appeal to what they want, they're going to zip by it. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got things to do. So they're not, unless you tell them exactly what's in it for them, then they're going to keep moving on. And once you've got them with that headline, then it's the job just to keep moving them through each stage of the sales letter or the website copy into that next stage so then they can get into the benefits and the features and see the testimonials and the proof and then the offer and things like that. So let's talk about some of those things you just mentioned then as far as you know their role in the, uh, in the sales copy. Uh, so let's do, uh, let's do social proof first. So why do we want to build in social proof and what are some of the ways we can do that? Well, just in case some of the listeners aren't sure about social proof, um, social proof is basically seeing that other people are interested in this product or service. You know, no one wants to be the first one to test out a product. Um, so social proof comes back to just you know showing that these products are working, as you say they are, and having people other than yourself back up what you're saying. So things such as testimonials are so important. And a lot of websites have you know testimonials on a, on a certain page hidden away and you've got to click on that to get to them. But... Um, you know, ha- having testimonials right there on your home page, you know, short one sentence, really powerful testimonials within the copy is, um, is a really huge sales booster. Another thing I notice a lot is that people think, okay, I've got the testimonial here. I've just, it might be, you know, a paragraph long and they just need to whack the whole thing in. Whereas if someone's giving you a great testimonial, you want to make it kind of as short and sharp and powerful as possible so there's no reason why you can't cut out some of the things that they've said that don't really you know don't really provide any benefits for the reader you just want to keep that stuff that's really okay this is what I've this is what it done for me this is how it improved my life and that's your testimonial and as far as like you know the add-on bits for the testimonial you know like their you know their picture their yeah. name their, their business position or their location um, what, what are you trying to get there yeah, well, definitely the more information and the more real you can make the person, the more the power the testimonial is going to have. So, And also you want your testimonial to, you want it to be from someone who is similar to your target market. So if you're selling you know, weight loss products or you're selling to a certain age group, you want the testimonials to come from people within that age group and, you know, also who are, who have had the same problems as the weight loss people have had and just so they can connect. They're like, oh, if this if this product works for them, then it can work for me because we're very similar. You want your, your testimonials must have at least, a, you know, at least a first name 
preferably a, a really they should have first name, last name, and where they're from. You see these testimonials that have just got da 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 testimonial t dot s and then no suburb at all. Yeah, it just it just lacks a lot of credibility, and um, you know people aren't gonna. It could be anyone. It could be fake, and just having that information plus, as you mentioned, Mick, just um, having a photo is is huge, especially if you can get a photo with the product or using the product or before and after shots, any kind of things like that just adds so much power to your copy. Fantastic. Uh, and, yeah, the, the tip about matching it to your avatar or to your target market is um, is, is gold too. Yeah. Uh, all right, what else we got here? We've got um, guarantees. So how can we use guarantees? Should every business offer a guarantee? What are the different types of guarantees we can use? Well, guarantees... I have a lot of trouble with this with clients. Um, you know, a lot of people think if they offer some kind of money back guarantee or or any kind of guarantee that they're going to get fleeced by you know a lot of a lot of shifty people out there. And the reality is, it just it just doesn't work that way. You know, you might get one or two people who you know are going to try and get your product and then claim a guarantee and not give it back or something like that. But it's not something that's worth worrying about because all you know, in business, all you really are worried about is revenues and profits. So, by adding a powerful guarantee, whether it's um, you know a money back guarantee that lasts for thirty, sixty days, the amount of increased conversions you'll get from having that guarantee by putting the people's mind at ease. Okay, I can buy this. I can try it out. If it doesn't do what it says it will, I can return it. I can get my money back. The, the amount of increased conversions you'll get from that will far outweigh, you know, the potential one, maybe two people that do take advantage of it. And also with guarantees, really the longer the better because you'll see if, if you sell something, I don't know if it's an information product or any something like that where, all right, you've got 30 days, you've got to try it out and if you don't get it back, you're going to, all right, I'm going to have to keep it, I won't be able to get my money back. It's it's playing on your mind, playing on your customer's mind the whole time. So they they can't really relax and they're like, oh, I don't have time to learn this. I'll just return it, get my money back and be done with it. Whereas if you give them plenty of time, give them three months, six months, you know, even 12-month guarantees, especially for information products and online products where you're not delivering a physical service, they're, they're really powerful and people just can relax. They can get to use the product and a lot of the time instead of, you know, returning it, they'll, they'll go through it and they'll see the value of it and they'll realise it was a great product even if they didn't have the time to use it or implement it, that, it, that it, um, it's done what it said it would do. Quite often with consumer law, like you're actually bound for a guarantee anyway. So if, if that's yeah, the case, you, you, you might as well make it a, a, a sales feature and, and actually – you know, make a big thing of of the guarantee if it's required by law anyway. Yeah, there's you know, guarantees can be used in, in lots of different ways. So and you know, you can double up guarantees. It's just um it's something that every business should use. And there's different creative ways of using it. Just trying to like, you know, at the top of my head right now, but depends on what kind of business you're in. There's there's definitely lots of good ways where you can the main idea is to put your customer's mind at ease that if if anything goes wrong and anything's not as it's said it should be, that as the business owner you're going to be there after after they've paid you. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be there to provide the service that you promised. 
It doesn't always have to be money back either. I know a lot of people will do credit. Um, so yep. uh, rather than cash back, they, they recredit the um, the amount. Yep. Uh, so still a like a wholesale, resale type thing there. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then the other thing is satisfaction where people will just continually work or work several times at it uh, until the client is actually happy. So like a satisfaction guarantee as opposed to a, a money back guarantee. Is yeah. there any, I don't know, is there any testing differences on those or are there other variations of those that um, – you know well with the satisfaction guarantee you definitely you don't just you see a lot like oh satisfaction guaranteed but just that by itself doesn't really mean anything to a buyer so like you said you want to expand on that say okay satisfaction guarantee but what it really means is we'll we'll come back all right if we're you know from a roofing company and something goes wrong you know on any of the workmanship any of the materials within seven years We'll come back, no questions asked. We'll be back within five days of you reporting the problem. Just explain, you know, really get specific about what your guarantee provides instead of saying, well, satisfaction guaranteed or workmanship guaranteed. Just tick off them little niggling thoughts that they've got in the back of their mind so they're like, oh, they, they will do that. They'll, they'll come back and they'll be here within a few days. I'm not going to be sitting around for two months with a leaky roof kind of still waiting for them to come back and fix it. Perfect. What's that? Uh, call to actions or is there something else we should talk about before call to actions? Um, well, basically, call, yeah, call to actions, I'll just – so, yeah, that's, that's important. But before you do that, you really want to build up your offer, I suppose. Offers, you know, there's a call to action then there's your offer comes in before that. So there's a lot of different offers you can you can make and – you can package products and you can package services and and really delve into you know making offers that are hard to refuse so when when creating your offer you want to build up the value of your product or service so don't just kind of give an overall outline of what they'll be getting you want to go through exactly everything that they're getting so you know x x x keep going through all the different points so it builds up the value in their mind. It's not just like, okay, we're getting this. I'm using roofing again as a as an example because I just finished a project doing roofing. But it's also know, really good too because that's kind of like a a service type offering. Because yeah. often when it, often when it's like a physical product and things like that, it, it's easy to kind of picture what the itemized things you're getting. Uh, so you know, yeah, roofing would be a great example. Yeah. So instead of just saying, okay, we we provide, we'll build new roofs and ask us for a quote, you can go through and say all the specific things. So if it's a roof restoration, you'll say, okay, this is our process. We come in, we do a complete um, inspection of the roof, find any kind of problems that there might be um, so we can highlight them and fix them up, fix any broken tiles. The next step would be a a thorough clean. So we get the pressure clean, clean all the mould out, clean the gutters, everything like that. Next step will be... Um, putting on your uh, re-bedding and re-pointing everything on the roof, so all the concrete work. Uh, next step will be, you know, doing the membranes and doing the sealant coat, and then your final step would be doing the final coat with all the painting. So it's it really builds up the value instead of just saying, okay, we do roofs, um, we do great service, customer service guaranteed, and all this sort of stuff. You go through the points and. Yeah, that's that's the main thing that a lot of you know general business owners miss on their websites is 
just expecting that people already know everything that's included because you're dealing with it day in, day out. It's just second nature to you. But to your customers, they don't know all these sorts of things. So you want to tell them everything that you'll do from everything that you'll provide for these fees. Okay, excellent. Um, what's next in bonuses or call to actions? Well, yeah, bonuses Bonuses are tricky, I suppose. It's Bonuses are, are great great way to you know, improve conversions but um, for some businesses they're probably you know they're probably a bit easier than others it just depends obviously what kind of business you're in but the main thing with a bonus is you need you want it to be just it can be really really simple and it can be you know if you've if you're in an information business or even in a service business the bonus can just be something that tells people how to use that product or how to get more out of the service and stuff like that. And it's just little things that increase the value. Again, it's all part of the offer, but um, when it's as a bonus, it could be a, a time-dated bonus. So if they buy within this within this time frame, they receive the bonus or the you know free gift or something like that. And that's another way to kind of get people to act now instead of putting it on the on the back burner. Yeah, for sure. And something I picked up along the way that I just love is the fact that if you're trying to think about bonuses and you've never sat down and do it before is if you're providing a service, what kind of add-on product can you tie in as a bonus? And if you're giving a product away, what kind of service can you throw in? So if uh, like cars are a perfect example. So you know, if you're selling a car, then the bonus can be you know your first servicing free or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and if you again, you know, if it's a house cleaning or a roof roof company where the, the the, the services, the thing they're providing, then the bonus might be um, a recoat in in six years, or a, yep. a, um, or if a carpet cleaning, it could be a, a deodorizer pack or something like that. It's added to the service. Um, so yeah, that that whole idea of if you're a service provider, what product, what physical product can you add on as a bonus, and if you're a product, if you're selling a product, what service can you add on as a bonus? Yeah, and a lot of it can just you know be natural progressions, as you mentioned. So. Just really tying it in, and and it can just give that little that little boost over your competition. Sometimes that's all it takes is to give you that that competitive edge. All right, Jason. So just purely uh, time wise, so let's do call to actions, and yep. then quickly run through some of the physical aspects of someone's business where they'd actually see copywriting in effect, and and where they could quickly uh, make some tweaks. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah. So call to actions. Tell us about those. Call to actions are so important, and pretty much. 95% of small business websites don't have any call to action. They'll have, or they've got call now and a phone number or contact us, which just isn't really isn't really powerful enough to get people to act right there and then. And on online, it's so easy to lose a sale if you're not really providing a strong call to action. So once you've gone through your you know your sales message, you've highlighted the benefits, you've highlighted all the problems that you you'll fix with your product or service. You've gone through your offer. The call to action needs to bring that all home. It needs to kind of paint a picture of, paint a picture again of what this product or service will do, how it will improve their lives, and also if it's a problem, you really want to dig deep into them pain points and explain, you know, what will happen or what will continue to happen if they don't take action. So I suppose it's just getting them emotionally engaged and providing. A reason to act now and, and getting them to think, okay, this is something that I really do need to take care of or if it's something small, you know, it might even be booking 
a transfer from the airport, your call to action can simply be, okay, you've got a million things to do on your mind. You can take this off the list right now. Contact me. We'll, we'll organize your transfers and you can get on with your with, you know, planning your trip or whatever like that. So it's, um, yeah, really building up the, the, the need and the desire to do something now. And then obviously you have your, your phone number and your contact details. And you can also, you know, for people who come to your website and aren't ready to buy just yet, you might have another call to action where it's, okay, sign up to our, sign up to our opt-in form and have, have a really great report or something on offer there that, that's going to take care of a specific problem they have. Great. So, yeah, it's about being provider for a solution. And I guess sometimes it can come off as a bit uh, coercive or manipulative when we talk about copywriting, but I guess it comes back to that goal that you've got a product or service that's actually going to make someone's life better. Yeah. And it's just encouraging them to actually take action on that so you can actually make their life better for them. Yeah, and, and again, it's just not getting too bogged down in worrying about the people who don't have a need for your product or service. So, you know, don't think, oh, I'm being a little bit kind of pushy here. You really are just talking to the people who need your product and who will benefit from it. All right, small business uh, ads in newspapers are normally done really, really badly because yep. they'll either get a graphic designer to do it up or the newspaper will do it up or they'll, they'll do it themselves. What are the big areas, like the big mistakes you see folks make when they're doing a newspaper advertisement? Well, basically, yeah, there's just it's written by someone who is copying everyone else. They they don't have any experience in really crafting a sales message that's going to make someone you know contact them or buy now. So, the big thing is really just focusing on your business instead of the people you're trying to attract. So you might have. Your business name is the big headline with a big logo and this is what we do, how long we've been in business, all we, we, we. Um, you really need to focus on your clients and how, you know, what they will get from your services. So, you know, even just as as I mentioned, we, 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 everything should be you. So if, you've, if you go through your website and you see you've got we here and we there, Turn that sentence around so it focuses on you and your and speaking directly to the to the prospect. And um, while I'm just on the point there, you need to you want to talk to to one person. When when you're sitting down to write your copy for your next advertisement, don't picture a whole big crowd of people who you're sending out you know a thousand letters to. You want to picture that ideal client that you're speaking to and really knuckle down on how you can help them and, and just be conversational and friendly, I suppose. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, yeah, takeaway from that is that, yeah, like headline at the top. And, yeah, I've got and, a little, got and a little bit off track there. That's sorry. right. Yeah, no, all that, the other point about yeah, speaking to one person is really important too. Um, yeah. Even like any yeah, blog writing things too. Uh, but, yeah, but rather than leading with your business name and your logo, uh, put that at the bottom and lead with a, an engaging headline that's going to talk to whoever it is you, you want to actually read your ad. Yeah, and then you also you go through all them steps that we mentioned. You have your headline, you have your benefits, which do go really well in bullet points. It's nice and easy to read. Um, you know, your call to action, stuff like that. You have a testimonial thing, testimonials in newspaper ads. It's you'll You'll see the competition just isn't doing it. If you do these few small things right, it can have a massive difference. Now, I see websites and copywriting like going hand-in-hand hand and really closely matched because just from the point of leverage, it's up there 24 hours a day. You're spending money to get people there. 
Uh, so when they get there, you may as well have the, the best text and the best chance of actually getting them to take the action that you want. If people are looking at their website, you, you did the, the U-verse we test, so go through and yep. check your copy for, for U-verse we. Um, what are some other really quick wins they can make? And, and if, they've, if they're going to engage a copywriter, I'm sure the copywriter would give them advice anyway, but what sort of which pages on the website should they really focus that, that first attention to if, they're, if they've got a limited budget? Well, obviously the homepage, if, if that's generating most of the traffic. Um, and when it, that's where I do a lot of my, my work is with website copy. But um, it, your services page and, as, as well, it's, it's more so you want it to kind of be like a, a separate landing page. Just assume that someone's there and you have to go through that whole process that we just spoke of. The biggest thing I notice about websites is if you don't have a headline, you need to go out and you need to write a headline now. And a headline is not welcome or it's not, you know, hi, you know, we've been in business. It's a headline that is completely benefit-focused on the customer. So that's the first thing that you must have, and that's on every page. Even your about page should have a headline even though it's about you and what you do, you want to turn that around again on how the things about you will benefit the customer. Um, as you go through the website, yeah, we're going through them things again. And especially with online copy, the way you lay it out is really important as well. You need, um, you want to have short, sharp sentences and you also want to avoid having big chunks of text. So if someone comes on a website and there's a big block of text, it, it just it's too easy to click away and, and they're not interested. You want to pull them in with short, sharp sentences. You can have one-sentence paragraphs, have lots of uh, subheadings that, that, again, are benefit-rich subheadings on that specific topic you're about to talk about. And then, yeah, the, the call to action on your websites, you know, that's just a must-have. Can you? A lot of folks won't have heard of the um, dual readership path. Can you just quickly talk about uh, that? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people people will come into on your website, and you've got some people who will come in and they they're going to be really interested and they're going to read every word, you know, right through from the headline down through the paragraphs all the way through the bottom. Then you've got the other bunch of people who are just going to be skimmers. They're going to get on a website quickly skim through, looking for the specific points that, that, that interest them. They're going to skim through the headline. They'll see the sub-headlines. They might see your bullet points. And then if you've got a bold call to action and stuff like that, that's all they're going to read. So you need to tell your sales message both, you know, in, in detail throughout the whole copy, but then, you know, kind of a shortened version just in the highlighted parts of your text. And so people who are just scanning through and just reading those bold headlines or the subheads in the bold part can actually get the gist of, of your message. Yeah, they still get the overall all sales message and they still, you know, it's, they still get the benefits that your service is going to provide. I know I keep going back to benefits and uh, every time, but it's just so important and it's just missing on so many small business websites. Look, James, I reckon we're pretty much running out of time there. Look, as you said, like there's, there's huge courses and seminars that go through this sort of stuff. So it's just never going to be something you can cover in a, in a quick session. Yeah, it's, it's a very large topic. <laughs> so, but I think, um, I think the stuff you've spoken about, though, is going to give folks like a couple of starting points. They can actually go and, and hang their hat on. And if nothing else, they've been introduced to a few different terms they, they may not have come across or, or thought about before. So. Uh, that's been really helpful, James. So yeah, my, my pleasure. I hope, I hope they get a lot of value. 
If folks want to get more done on their website, like actually there's no time to do it or, or need to help do it or, or want more information about what we've spoken about, can you give us some details how they can get in contact with you and uh, I guess, yeah, what, what you do for folks? Uh, yeah, well, you, I can be contacted through my website. That's uh, jamesbryanmarketing.com, uh, J-A-M-E-S-B-R-I-N-E marketing. Yeah, I, I also offer a free service. So you can contact me through the contact form there. And also for small business owners and especially your clients and Mick, um, offer web copy audits. So that's basically where I'll look through your website, go through um, your home page, your about page, and you know your, your main service page, and just provide specific tips on how that can be improved and what kind of features are missing. So that'll include maybe a few. Uh, headline ideas, what specific things are missing. So generally, a lot of clients are missing, you know, calls to action and, you know, ways to really engage people. So, um, yeah, happy to offer that to anyone who's interested. Just contact me on the website. And look, I, if you're listening to this, I can't stress how much value that is. Like big companies spend absolutely incredible amounts on the copywriting because they know it's just that the difference in a, in a couple of words can make – uh, you know, percentage differences in conversions, and for that, for them, that's like just massive money. So you, you just you, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, so look, if James making that offer, um, it's definitely worth it. Just to have a look at your website and, and give you some quick ideas there, because uh, it, it, it could just be the difference in, in a headline that's going to make all the difference. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, if you're spending money to get people to your website, then um, you know you really want to be doing the best job once they're there and converting as many as them people as possible and that's you know that's the job of the copywriter great all right james are you um off surfing this afternoon uh yeah i'll have a look it's a bit windy today so yeah, we'll see how it goes awesome dude all <laughs> right well thanks again and i'll uh, i'll catch up with you soon all right cheers mick speak soon mate if you enjoyed this interview then there's a bunch more over at redcliffmarketinglabs.com.au which is going to help you learn more about marketing your business, give you some ideas and tools that you can use. You can also find them on iTunes. If you search iTunes for Redcliffe Marketing. Thanks for joining us on the Redcliffe Marketing Show. My name is Mick Cullen, and I hope you have a fantastic week.